This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. In earnest, it starts on Labor Day weekend. That's when you get all the real juicy games. The Zach. Illinois football erasure, Travis. Travis what's really? going on, man? I wanted to say thank you for having me today. Great to be on here on Back to the Futures with you, and great to be, be here after a full uh, Saturday of college football. So many great games, so many things to talk about with you, and uh, just so great to have this great sport back. No, I agree. And what's funny too is before the show. While Brandon was working on his technical issues, you and I were just talking because we have a significant age difference between each other. And we were talking about our favorite uh, college football memories in general. Now, I'll be 40 in a month. You'll be 22 in a few days. So uh, please share with the audience your first college memory so I can feel old. Yeah, so I've been watching college football over the past couple of years, but the first year and the first game that really comes to mind for me was that blowout in the national championship, Alabama <laughs> and Notre Dame. And Travis, it's funny because you said uh, when you were a kid, college football was your favorite sport, that yes. at one point college football was even better than the NFL in your mind. And I was trying to figure out why, and it kind of hit me like, wow, okay, you were growing up watching guys like Matt Leinart, Vince Young, Reggie Bush, and then the first real memory I have of college football is watching uh, that national championship with Alabama and Notre Dame. But, hey, uh, it's all good. That was a great game. Not not really, but a great memory. And Alabama is still just really good, uh, has been churning out national titles ever since. So, uh, once again, just great to have uh, the sport back. And, of course, Zach, I picked uh, Notre Dame to cover that game, your first college game, and how that worked out for me. But I do appreciate about you, even though being a young guy – you know your history. I mean, you name Leinert and Reggie Bush and all those guys. So kudos to you. Now let's talk current college football. So we're talking about how we're back in the groove now. It's a full weekend. Uh, we're all taking it in. What better time than to talk about the national championship odds as it pertains to what we've seen already? Of course, roll tide roll. And that's exactly what they did all over the hurricanes. Didn't shock me at all. I didn't get a chance to get your take on that game, but I imagine you probably had Alabama. They are still the favorites to win the championship, of course, plus 250, followed by Clemson, plus 350, Ohio State, plus 500, Oklahoma, plus 550, and Georgia, plus 550 are your top five. Out of the top five, Zach, who do you like? Is it Alabama? Is it your favorite to win the Natty? It's funny, Travis, because before today and many times uh, before the season, I was wondering, is this finally going to be the year for a team like Oklahoma or a team like Georgia, uh, teams that have really been knocking on the door over the last couple of years but have really uh, been struggling to get the job done? But after watching Alabama today and everything I've known about college football, it is just so hard to bet against this team right now or really ever 
Um, Nick Saban has done a really good job over the past couple of years, really transforming Alabama into a school that's known for their offense and their quarterback play. And this kid, Bryce Young, balling out today against Miami, he showed us that he could still be the real deal. And it really showed us how last year a lot of us were confused. Like, how could a guy like Mac Jones, uh, excuse me, beat out a guy like Bryce Young, number one uh, recruiting his high school, <clears throat> excuse me, freshman class. But Bryce looked really good today. And uh, I think uh, Alabama could be the team to be going forward in college football when they have their offense buzzing the way it is and their defense. Um, they have a lot of returning starters back. That was a struggle for them last year. But we know Nick Saban and how good he is coaching up defense. So I do think right now Alabama is the favorite. I really do. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, it's hard to argue with you after. I mean, you, you mentioned it. Uh, Bryce Young lighting up the world. Uh, Miami is just such a far cry from what they used to be. And to be honest with you, I get what they're trying to do with that turnover chain, but they need to just take that and throw it in the garbage because, uh, I mean, the only thing turnover is that roster every year and it's not getting anything done. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bash them after they lose to probably the best team in the country this season, but I am going to shock you a little bit. So I've, I've already put the future out on it. So maybe I'm just defending them at this point uh, because I want the ticket to come home for me. Zach, but I, I got to tell you, it's probably not the day for me to still believe in Oklahoma, but I actually do. And here's why. So I know Tulane, everyone thought, you know, this was going to be the upset of the day and Tulane was going to get this done and knock off Oklahoma. Oklahoma was able to hang on and win the game. Thank God. But I say this, I would much rather have a scare early in the season, especially week one. And I don't believe in baked in excuses or anything like that. It's not an excuse. Sometimes there's reasons, not excuses. There's reasons. It's week one, Zach. I mean, they're, you know, I, they're probably, let's face it. They're sleeping on Tulane. They're snoring on Tulane. Why wouldn't you? It's Tulane. They're thinking this is a basically a bye week or like a, a preseason game or something. We're just going to waltz through this team, and they didn't. Tulane came to play. Oklahoma looked up. They're like, okay, I guess we we better stop sleeping. We better wake the hell up and play this ball game, and they did, and they were able to win it. If you look at their schedule, Zach, moving forward, I mean, honestly, I feel comfortable still with Oklahoma, with the future I have on them. Uh, they have Western Carolina next week, okay? What's going to happen? Let me walk you through this. They're not going to sleep on them, and they're going to annihilate them. They'll get their swagger back. They'll feel good. Then they get Scott Frost in Nebraska. What do you think is going to happen there? A West Virginia team that Maryland just beat. I cover Maryland. They're not that good, and they beat West Virginia. And then you get into the meat of the schedule, right? So you're going to rattle off for the next three weeks absolute smoke show, blowout wins, and uh, my guy – Spencer Rattler is going to get his swag back. I still like Oklahoma at plus 550. I know, Zach. I know after today, I still like Oklahoma with my uh, national championship future to come home. What do you think of that? 
Well, it's interesting because Oklahoma has been a school over the last couple of years that has been known for producing quarterbacks to the NFL between Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. And a lot of people have projected uh, Spencer Rattler, their quarterback now, to be uh, next in line of those guys. But I think for a lot of people, what really appealed them to Oklahoma this season was actually their defense. This was the first season in a while that their defense actually had some expectations going into the season. Uh, coordinator Alex Grinch did a really good job last year building and coaching those guys up and I think when you look at this game against Tulane the circumstances were a little weird considering everything that was been uh, going on in New Orleans over the past couple days I doubt that their number one uh, priority really was football the game originally was supposed to be uh, at Tulane but it got moved to Oklahoma and still Tulane really battled what impressed me was Oklahoma um, they were up big at halftime and early in the third quarter and Tulane just kept fighting. They never gave up. And I do think if you're Oklahoma, it's good that you just held on and found a way to win. I do think the big 12 is a schedule and a conference that they're built to win. And it's a conference and schedule that they're built to take advantage of. But at the same time, Oklahoma has been a school over the last couple of years, getting to the college football playoff hasn't always been their problem. It's been a uh, winning once they get there. And I think that when you look at this game against Tulane, like, yeah, it's cool. They won. And Spencer Rattler could be really good and really dynamic, but in terms of a national championship and what could they do in order to win it? I'm going to need to see more and a better performance than they had today. Um, you know, I, I was expecting blowout. Like the line was 30, and the fact they only won by five or six, it, it is a little concerning uh, considering Oklahoma and everything they have uh, in store for their expectations this season. Gosh, you are such a shrewd sports better if you took Tulane plus 30 today, and you're feeling great about it. I would have never gotten near that, to be honest with you, Zach. I would have laid all those points. I stayed away from betting that game. But I would have laid all those points. Now, what's interesting, out of the top five teams, you like the favorite in Alabama. Who doesn't? I'm going a little against the grain, especially after today and going Oklahoma. But of the other three, which one do you like the most? Clemson plus 350, Ohio State plus 500, or Georgia plus 550 out of those other three that we didn't pick? Well, I think the answer for me would be Ohio State. I was really impressed with what they did on Thursday night against Minnesota. That was a that was not an easy game to win and not an easy yep. environment to play in, especially when you have a freshman quarterback in C.J. Stroud that had never thrown or, yeah, he ever, hasn't really played in that big of an environment uh, yep. in the Big Ten like that in his career. And especially early in the second half and midway through that game, Muhammad Ibrahim and Tanner Morgan were getting things going uh, for Minnesota. They had the lead at multiple points throughout the game and uh, every time Ohio State just found an answer. And I actually really like Ryan Day. I believe in uh, what he's building there uh, in Columbus. He obviously had a lot of Urban Myers old players, but I think he's done a really good job of improving the culture and the appearance of those players. And I think they're only going to get better. I think in the Big Ten, we saw some things today that maybe will make us think that Ohio State could be a little bit more challenged than we may have thought. But at the mm-hmm. same time, they're Ohio State. They always do such a good job uh, running through the Big Ten. And I think if I were to have to choose one of those three, uh, the Buckeyes would be uh, my pick at plus 500. I'm completely with you on everything. Uh, I thought Stroud in the first half, it seemed like maybe the stage was a little much. Even Honestly, he even looked nervous. He looked nervous in that pregame leading up to that game. And then, you know, his throws were a little high and – he, he had a little too much oomph on all of his throws. That's nerve. Second half, they made adjustments. He seemed more comfortable. Boom, to the moon, right? Uh, and I'm with you on Ryan Day. I, I'll admit right now to you, Zach, I am a Ryan Day hater. 
but uh, I'm starting to come around and think that when when Urban Meyer left and Ryan Day took over, I thought, oh, give him a couple years. It's going to start going downhill when it's his recruits and it's not Urban's and uh, he's going to run this thing into the ground. And it's been anything but. I mean, we'll see what happens. Time will tell. But I think I'm starting to come around on Ryan Day. Now, which team outside of the top five that we talked about, if any, would you take a flyer on? Because for me, I'm going Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies of Texas A&M. Listen, I get it. I know that, you know, Alabama stands in the way and it's SEC and blah, 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 blah. But Jimbo is a championship coach who's been there long enough now. I feel like it's their time. Even though Alabama is there and I know you love them and everyone loves Roll Tide, I think Texas A&M's as close as they've been in years to pushing not only Alabama, but everyone else in the SEC. I would take a flyer on them. I certainly wouldn't bet big money on it, but I'd sprinkle a little something, something, Zach. Yeah, I think this is such a tough question because over the last couple of years, when it comes to the college football playoff, we've seen that it is very hard to make the playoff, let alone win it, when you're ranked outside uh, the top five uh, to start the season. Um, I think Texas A&M is a really good pick. The team for me is going to be Iowa State. I understand that they did not look good at all against Northern Iowa today. That's an embarrassing performance to only win (laughs) uh, by six points against an FCS school. When you have the hype and the expectations that a school like Iowa State did, it is not the most intriguing start. But at the same time, this uh, squad has so much returning talent, starting with Brock Purdy and Brees Hall at running back. Those are two guys that are really – two of the better players in college football and Iowa state is a team that really took advantage of that extra year of eligibility from COVID. And they're one of the most experienced teams in college football. I think besides the big 12 in the big 12, besides Oklahoma, a lot of the league at the top is wide open and this, uh, the Cyclones are going to have some big games starting off next week. We're going to get into it a little later, a home game against Iowa. And then really if they could win that game, uh, gain some confidence, then, They could have a road to the playoffs. They will have their big uh, tilt against Oklahoma later in the season on Saturday, November 20th, the second to last week of the regular season. And then they could meet again in the Big 12 championship game. I do think Iowa State is a super experienced team that uh, could get going. I also really trust their coach, Matt Campbell. He's done a great job uh, since he's got there. So I think for me, Iowa State would be the team if I were to pick anyone. But at the same time, I really would be surprised if a team – uh, outside the top five got in there just because it's been proven so hard to do over the last couple of years. How about my producer, Zach Kroll? I mean, oh my God, he's putting a tease within the tease. You got to love that. By the way, those prices, Texas A&M 22 to one, Iowa State 28 to one to win the natty. Uh, so, you know, bargain shopping at its best. Real quick before we go to break, buddy, which team impressed you and disappointed you the most? on college football Saturday. I was impressed by Penn State hanging on to win that game in Mad Town, taking on the Badgers, and I was disappointed in Iowa State. You mentioned it, uh, not being able to look better in their opener. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Iowa State, they didn't really get off uh, to the best start. I'm banking on their all their returning talent and their ability, uh, hopefully, to be able to bounce back. Uh, for me, the team that actually was the most impressive today was Texas under uh, first-year head coach uh, Steve Sarkeesian. They had such a big game at home against Louisiana Lafayette. And before you say Louisiana Lafayette, this is a (laughs) raging Cajun team that was ranked uh, number 23 going into this game. They were a team last year that won a lot of ball games. They returned their whole squad, and their head coach, uh, Billy Napier, is a guy that has been on a lot of Power 5 
a school's radar. And Texas, they've been a team over the last couple of years. Like, Travis, you remember they lost to your Maryland team that you covered to open the season a couple of years ago. And I feel like Texas has always been a team in recent memory that has disappointed to start the season and sometimes will dig themselves in a hole to start the season that is a little a bit too deep to get them out of. And with a new head coach and a new quarterback in Hudson Card, who really impressed me today, um, he is a guy that is young, he's, uh, but he has a lot of natural talent. I think Texas could be a team to watch in the Big 12, especially just the way they handled business today uh, against Louisiana Lafayette. And the team that disappointed me most, I'll agree with you, on Iowa State. I just hope they'll be back and ready to go uh, coming up next week against Iowa. But, uh, yeah, always good uh, talking college football uh, with you on today's show. Coming up on Back to the Futures by BetQL, we're looking ahead to the matchups in college football next week and playing a game of Guess the Line. Back to the Futures by BetQL. We'll be back. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on The Bet. If you're in a bar or something, and even if you're trying to have a conversation with someone, if a TV is on and football is playing, I always have to remind myself, Michael, look at the person you're talking to. With your eyes keep darting over to the television. I would love to have secret camera footage of people who are betting on these games towards the end people who really need teams to have either you know a garbage time touchdown or something while they're talking to other people like can you spot them from a mile away because you can always tell it better because they look very nervous their eyes keep yeah. glancing back and forth to the dv and they are generally not fun people to talk to at the end of the game and that is me when talking to anyone during any of these college football games and i expect i'm going to be that way all weekend long the daily tip morning six to nine eastern from the betql network your home for wagertainment We are all on this planet together. So join Odyssey and find your one thing. September is World Ozone Month, so it's a great month to get rid of all your aerosol sprays and replace them with eco-friendly options. Also, check your air conditioner to make sure it doesn't have any leaks and schedule any necessary repairs or maintenance. And lastly, use your car less by walking or biking to close destinations. The ozone layer will thank you. Join Odyssey, and together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? 
Hey, it's the Joes, and we are thrilled to welcome Aaron Hawksworth to the BetQL Daily family. Aaron, what is your favorite part about sports betting? Well, first of all, I am so excited to join the show with you guys. I love money, but I love football season, too. So the two combined, I cannot wait. I'm looking forward to talking about my bets and picks every day with you. It's BetQL Daily with Joe O, Aaron, and me, Joe G, weekdays from 9A to 12P on the BetQL Network. The best players in the league perform even better with a great assist. And using BetQL to help take your sports betting to the next level, it's an MVP move. BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. Sometimes a spread is off by a few points or a total is way too high or low. BetQL shows you where the real value is so you can make smarter bets and cash in more consistently. All the bets from today's games are clearly listed and ranked on a scale of one to five stars. Those five-star bets give you the best chance to win and have shown real proven results. Get insights on sides, totals, player props, and more combined with articles from BetQL's team of wagering experts. BetQL has you covered for pro and college games, football, basketball, baseball, and even hockey and soccer. It's time to get better at betting with BetQL. Visit BetQL.com and use promo code BET for 20% off. That's 20% off with promo code BET at BetQL.com. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. That is smooth right there. I love that. Back to the Futures by Back. BetQL, Travis Thomas here with producer extraordinaire, Zach Kroll. All right, Zach, we are knee deep in college football, so let's keep it going, shall we? Now, I, I'm not going to lie. Let's just take people behind the curtain, Zach, okay? Let's let them know what happened. So we came into the show today prepared to do an entirely different segment. Don't tell the people what it is because we might use it next week. However, we started talking. We're so in love with college football. We're such college football junkies that Zach said to me, hey, you think uh, maybe maybe we'll just talk college football here? And I said, yes, hallelujah. Let's look ahead to the next week. We have huge matchups next week. We started looking at the schedule. Zach, I counted them. There's five games that I want to gamble on heavily. So let's get into it. Let me set you up with this, and you give me your take on it. Oregon at Ohio State. Now, that's a big game. Now, we just talked about how, you know, we thought Ohio State, uh, particularly in the second half against Minnesota, looked really good this week. Uh, Juxtaposed to that, though, Oregon, you know, I mean, they had a battle against Fresno State. I didn't really see that coming. I thought they were going to smoke Fresno State. They win the game 31-24, but uh, they had to earn it. I mean, where are you at now? As it stands, Ohio State hosting Oregon. Do you think Oregon can hang in that game, or do you think that one's going to get ugly? So, quite frankly, I'm not sure if Oregon is going to be able to hang in this game. I think, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, Ohio State, one of the two or three best teams in all of college football. Columbus is going to be on absolute fire (laughs) next week. Big noon should be in there, 12 12 Eastern start. Um, But with Oregon – 
I was a little disappointed in their effort today as well, not going to lie. They're a team that a lot of people labeled as a sweeper for the college football playoff going into the season, considering the Pac-12 is a league that they've won over the last couple of years. One thing about Mario Cristobal, their head coach, I don't think he's the best in-game head coach in terms of like adjustments and play calling, but he's really done a good job in recruiting and being able to bring in talent to Oregon. And today they almost got outplayed by Fresno State at home when you go to Columbus on the body clock early next week, on the early body clock next week, that's going to be a, a tough matchup, I think. And um, Ohio State has just had so much success, especially against uh, teams like this with Oregon. Um, I'm going to guess the line to be about 13 and a half in that ballpark, uh, about a, two touchdowns for Ohio State over Oregon, especially considering the Ducks' performance today. I don't think that helped them. Uh, and I just think Ohio State playing at home in that rowdy stadium, uh, even though the, the, this is a matchup between two uh, highly ranked teams, I think the Buckeyes are going to be about 13 and a half point favorites. All right, Zach, we're playing guess the line. I'm with you. I'll go 14. I, I think there'll be two touchdown favorites. And quite frankly, after seeing what I saw uh, in both of their first games, respectfully, I'll lay the 14 with Ohio State, if we're right, and it is a two touchdown. Now, I, I will say this, though, Zach. Here's a bet I think I maybe like more. Now that I've seen Stroud in a big game and I've seen the nerves, I told you I could look at him and see he was nervous in the pregame. I didn't know how it would translate, obviously, but I could see the nerves in him. I would look at a first half under in that game. I think. I'm going to tell you, Zach, I think a first half under, I would feel more confident in coming home uh, as both teams try to feel each other out a little bit. And we see Ohio State maybe is a slow starter. Maybe that's a trend. I feel more confident in that coming home than laying the points completely with Ohio State. Now let's play guess the line for this matchup. Washington at Michigan in Ann Arbor. What do you like there? Because Michigan, Zach, they're going to be home dogs, right? Does this feel like Michigan plus three to you? Because that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, I would say around there in that range. I think Michigan is a team uh, going into this college football season a lot of people actually forgot about. Usually Michigan, I feel like, is a team going in there ranked in the top 10, have some lofty expectations, and we know the deal. They have a decent regular season, and then they always lose to Ohio State and the fans get mad at Jim Harbaugh. But I think going into this season, Michigan is actually a team that didn't receive one single vote in the top 25. And they have a game against Washington, who right now is ranked 20th. Uh, but when it comes to them making the, uh, the trip halfway across the country and that big house is obviously a raucous environment and, and Michigan impressed me today they were 17 point favorites against Western Michigan and going into the game Western Michigan is known as a good Mac team a lot of people thought that that was a possible upset it's going to be much closer than a lot of people thought and Michigan ran them off the field it was a, a really impressive win some good uh, quarterback play for Michigan as well I'm going to agree with you I think it's going to be a little lower like maybe around Washington minus two, around uh, 1.5. But that's going to be such a fascinating game because Michigan, even though they're not ranked, um, they have so much talent and they, they could be the forgotten team, especially considering the lofty expectations their, their fans have rightfully each and every year. I can't believe I'm saying this, bro, but I, I'm thinking me and you are going to go in on this Michigan plus money at home to beat Washington. Now, uh, Brandon Sprague is just going to, you know, he's going to blow a gasket when he's back on the show because, you know, he's out there on that West Coast. And he always says, I have this 
East Coast bias and I don't pay enough attention to Washington and Oregon and blah, blah, blah. Whatevs, bro. I think Harbaugh, I'm with you. Harbaugh and Ann Arbor in a season when finally Michigan is, you know, almost inexplicably flying under the radar. I mean, they've been okay. They just haven't been able to beat the Buckeyes, quite frankly. I'm going with you on this one. If we can get Michigan plus money at home, I like that bet next week. How about Iowa at Iowa State? Now, you and I have talked about both liking Iowa State, even though today was a disappointing performance uh, for them. But how about Iowa, bro? I mean, what do you make uh, in that game? Don't you kind of feel like Iowa uh, coming off that blowout over uh, Indiana, who's supposed to be good this season, they make them look like JV, Zach. Yeah, that was a really impressive effort from Iowa today. Kirk Ferentz has always done such a great job uh, building up his team and having his team ready to play in the big games, especially to start off the season. That was a really impressive performance, getting two pick sixes of a a really good quarterback in Michael Penix. But I think that game next week is going to be phenomenal. If I were to to guess a line, I'm thinking it would be around Iowa State minus four and a half, maybe in that ballpark around five. Um, I think the Cyclones... I mean, tell me, Travis, what do you think? Too high, too low? I I think when you look at that, Iowa State, they're a team that has so much returning talent. They're going to be playing at home, obviously, in the Cyhawk game. It should be a pretty even uh, fan base uh, differential there. But Iowa's a team that going into that stadium, they're not going to be intimidated. But at the same time, Iowa State just has so much uh, returning talent. And I'm curious to see what Vegas, how do they they translate that, considering they saw Iowa almost like a big-time egg against Northern Iowa today, and they saw Iowa beat a good Indiana team. I mean, I understand last season was only a debate, like, oh, it was kind of a mirage, but Indiana, they were one of the surprise teams in college football last year. I tend to believe that even though Iowa did a really good job with them today, that was more of a product of Indiana just not going to be able to live up up to the same height that they set last season. And uh, I do think Iowa State should be uh, considered the favorite there, I would say around about four and a half, five. Man, okay, this is our first disagreement because uh, we've been simpatico this whole show. And to be honest with you, I was kind of getting sick of it because I like arguing uh, with Brandon. So now, finally, me and the producer get to face off head-to-head. I'm going to tell you right now, this game's going to open as a pick-em. Or if you're right and it is Iowa State favored at home, it's going to be so short, bro. I I mean, honestly, I'm looking at – Minus, you know, Iowa State minus one and a half, maybe two. Uh, I, I don't really, I don't see four, four and a half, any of that nonsense. Not the way they looked in week one and the way Iowa looked. I mean, Vegas, I, I wouldn't be shocked if most of them, the sharps, most of the real money, the smart money comes in on Iowa. Quite frankly, and I know we just got done, you know, singing the praises of Iowa State in the last segment, but I'm telling you right now, my money's going to be on Iowa in this game. I think we need to revisit this next week, my friend, because I think we're going to have a pick em or a very short line. No shot. This is four and a half or five or any of that, Zach. We're going head to head. So you're the producer. You make note of that so we can come back and argue about it next week. Uh, let's go out west. Utah at BYU. You know Provo's a tough place to play. Uh, Utah looked good in the opener. Who do you like in that one? Guess the line. Uh, this is another tough it's one. It's a tough I mean, one. 
BYU, as you said, it's such a tough place to play. And um, considering this is also a rivalry game, these are two teams that uh, don't like each other. BYU obviously lost uh, Zach Wilson. That's a huge guy you're going to have to replace. Um, I think Utah is going to be around a slight favorite, around two, maybe two and a half. And I think I'm going to pick them to win uh, the game as well and cover that. I I really like what they showed uh, in their week one game. Um, And I just think that Kyle Whittingham is a coach that no matter what players he has, he always has Utah uh, built with a consistent defense and a good running game. And they're always mentally tough enough to go into a place like BYU and win. I just look at Utah and they may not be the best team. They may not be the most talented team, but they're always just a a mentally tough team that I think will come ready to play in a rivalry game like this. But it's going to be a short line. And I think it's what makes having college football back so great is having these short lines and these tough games to pick rivalry games where you're just not really sure uh, which way to go, especially when you have a team like BYU who's good, but they were uh, missing uh, their star quarterback from last year in Wilson. All right, Zach, we're back on the same page with this one. I'm with you. Uh, I actually wrote down and and you said two and a half. I had Utah minus three and I'm with you. I'm going to lay the points. We'll see what it is. Um, I, I'm, I guess I slightly disagree with you in that I think it could be a little higher than you think. I had uh, Utah minus three thinking that was maybe a little short, to be honest. I could even see that going up. You know, maybe maybe it opens at four and gets bet down. Uh, but, you know, I, either way, I'm going to lay the points. And and to be honest, I'm willing to lay up to four, four and a half. Uh, I, I think Utah is a touchdown better than BYU definitively. My only concern, and I talked about this last week when I called the Virginia Tech ups, uh, upset over UNC. Not that, you know, I didn't think UNC was overrated. I, I thought, you know, what I watched in that game, UNC is absolutely overrated. But going into it, I didn't think that. I just knew playing in Blacksburg at Lane Stadium is a tall order for anybody. Okay, that's how I feel with Provo playing in BYU is tough on anyone, but I do think Utah is a touchdown better in general roster wise coach everything you mentioned. So because of that, I think they'll, that'll probably end up being a four uh, four point spread there and I'm going to lay it with Utah. I'm with you. All right. Stanford at USC USC uh, certainly did not impress in their opener. They will be at home. Who do you like in that classic Pac-12 matchup? So even though USC didn't really impress us today that much, neither did Stanford. I think they have an argument to be uh, one of the more disappointing teams of the week on Saturday just because they had a neutral site game against Kansas State, uh, a very winnable game, especially for a team like Stanford. I feel like head coach David Shaw is one of the more uh, well-regarded head coaches in all of college football. And, you know, Kansas State has some good experience, Thompson, Vaughn. But Stanford, they were almost a no-show today. They really weren't encouraging. And I feel like going into a place like USC, um, look, the Trojans didn't impress necessarily today as well. But I believe in Keaton Slovis, and I believe in that offense. I think they're just the more talented team than Stanford. I think they're going to be about in a similar range, like four, four and a half, five-point favorite, maybe a little more around six. But uh, I'm feeling good about USC just compared to Stanford. I was just so unimpressed by uh, Stan- Stanford's performance today in the first game of, of the season in a winnable game. They were shut out until very late, uh, until the fourth quarter, and at least USC's offense could score. I was impressed. Uh, you know, I love Keaton Slovis, and we'll see what their offense can do. What do you think that line will be? Because I'm thinking, look, I I don't know 
especially, and, and you said it, how Stanford looked in that game uh, against Kansas State was just absolutely atrocious. I, I get Manhattan, Manhattan, Kansas is a tough place to play, but my God, you got to look better than that. I'm thinking Vegas is going to go USC minus six here. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I would, I would say five. Okay. Uh, somewhere in that range. I mean, I think it's going to be right around there. And, uh, I mean, what are, your, what are your opinion on Stanford, Travis? I mean, I feel like David Shaw has been a guy that was flirting with NFL jobs. He really no. had that program up and running. But over the past three or four years, it's, they've been struggling a bit. Yeah, he's, first of all, uh, let me go back. He should have taken any of those jobs because he may never get a shot like that again. You got to strike, strike why the uh, iron is hot in any industry, and he blew it, okay? He's not going to get fired anytime soon from Stanford because they're nerds, and they don't really care about football at the end of the day anyways. They want you to get your education and all that jazz. So he's safe there, and he's built them to be respectable. Uh, but I'm just telling you, he's going to regret not taking one of those NFL jobs because, quite frankly, you know, five or six years ago, he could have had his pick at any of those jobs and he didn't take any of them and he stayed at Stanford and all they've done is backtrack since then and regressed. So he's going to regret it. Uh, other than that, uh, I love Stanford and, and everything they stand for. <laughs> I like that Zach, after I drag them through the mud, then I say, God bless Stanford coming up on back to the futures by BetQL. Zach and I will look ahead to week one in the NFL including a deep dive into opening night between the Bucks and the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Zach, can you even believe NFL is upon us? We get college football this weekend, NFL next week. Woo! All that and more on Back to the Futures by BetQL. Travis Thomas, Zach Kroll, the producer extraordinaire. We'll be back.
Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on The Bet. If you're in a bar or something, and even if you're trying to have a conversation with someone, if a TV is on and football is playing, I always have to remind myself, Michael, look at the person you're talking to. Put your eyes keep darting over to the television. I would love to have secret camera footage of people who are betting on these games. Towards the end, people who really need teams to have either, you know, a garbage time touchdown or something while they're talking to other people. Like, can you spot them from a mile away? Because you can always tell it better because they look very nervous. Their eyes keep yep. glancing back and forth to the TV. And they are generally not fun people to talk to at the end of the game. And that is me when talking to anyone during any of these college football games. And I expect I'm going to be that way all weekend long. The Daily Tip, morning 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, your home for wagertainment. We are all on this planet together. So join Odyssey and find your one thing. September is World Ozone Month, so it's a great month to get rid of all your aerosol sprays and replace them with eco-friendly options. Also, check your air conditioner to make sure it doesn't have any leaks and schedule any necessary repairs or maintenance. And lastly, use your car less by walking or biking to close destinations. The ozone layer will thank you. Join Odyssey, and together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? Hey, it's the Joes, and we are thrilled to welcome Aaron Hawksworth to the BetQL Daily family. Aaron, what is your favorite part about sports betting? Well, first of all, I am so excited to join the show with you guys. I love money, but I love football season, too. So the two combined, I cannot wait. I'm looking forward to talking about my bets and picks every day with you. It's BetQL Daily with Joe O, Aaron, and me, Joe G, weekdays from 9A to 12P on the BetQL Network. The best players in the league perform even better with a great assist. And using BetQL to help take your sports betting to the next level, it's an MVP move. BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. Sometimes a spread is off by a few points or a total is way too high or low. BetQL shows you where the real value is so you can make smarter bets and cash in more consistently. All the bets from today's games are clearly listed and ranked on a scale of one to five stars. Those five-star bets give you the best chance to win and have shown real proven results. Get insights on sides, totals, player props, and more combined with articles from BetQL's team of wagering experts. BetQL has you covered for pro and college games, football, basketball, baseball, and even hockey and soccer. It's time to get better at betting with BetQL. Visit BetQL.com and use promo code BET for 20% off. That's 20% off with promo code BET at BetQL.com. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. That's right, only on the BetQL Network, Back to the Futures. Travis Thomas here with producer extraordinaire Zach Kroll in the house. Now, uh, Zach, a little birdie tells me that Brandon, who was having some technical difficulties is able to join us for this last segment. So let's try and bring in Brandon Sprague and see if, uh, first of all, he was in a tropical location last week. I couldn't even do the show with my boy because he, he was on the beach somewhere with an umbrella in his drink, and he stuck me with Cody Decker, the jock, who's used to just hitting jacks out of, <laughs> out of the park. He just came in and was yelling at me for 
30 minutes. So it's good to have you back, my friend. Welcome back from your vacay. Well, I appreciate that. How is it sounding, though? Are we, are we, are we good to go? We're good to go, man. You sound okay. golden. All right. It sounds uh, questionable. I've been sitting here for 40 minutes, but I think we're good to go finally. <laughs> These things happen. Listen, uh, Zach has come in, producer extraordinaire. Not only has he put the show together, but he's been uh, talking to me, and this will shock you, Brandon. He actually agrees with me on most things, unlike you, where we oh. just go at each other the whole show. <laughs> so, he has, so are you telling me Zach has bad takes? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, Zach, uh, let's get into this because we've been talking college football, but you did make a beautiful NFL segment that I want to get to. And we'll all do it together, three-man weave style here. So NFL opening kickoff is Thursday night between the Cowboys and the defending Super Bowl champion Bucks, as we know. I want to break down some futures for both of these teams for a second. So to win the Super Bowl, Cowboys at plus 2,800, of course, and the Bucks at plus 500. I mean, we know uh, that they're one of the favorites. Which one of these is more intriguing to you? Because for me, uh, as a greedy person, I look at the odds for the Cowboys to win it, and I think, look, you know, they tried to improve their defense the best they could this offseason, and I know it's a big if, but if Dak is healthy, he is an elite quarterback in this league. Not the best, but he's top tier. I love the Cowboys at 28 to, to 1 odds, to be honest with you. I mean, why not? Why not? The division stinks. If they win the division, they host a playoff game. And then, you know, they could catch lightning in a bottle. What do you guys think? Go ahead first, uh, Zach. Yeah, when I look at this Cowboys team, I think what a lot of people forget is last year, even before Dak Prescott got hurt and he was having the best start to a season debatably in his career, the Cowboys still weren't able to win games because their defense was just not able to get the job done. And even at those juicy odds, I have a tough time trusting that team to make the playoffs under head coach Mike McCarthy, uh, let alone to get there. I think the Buccaneers are a team that they are the first defending champ in the history of the NFL to bring back every single starter on both sides of the ball. I think that makes them super intriguing. Obviously, 5-1 to one isn't the best value for the Super Bowl, but I think my answer would be Tampa Bay just because I can confidently say I do think they are one of the two to three best teams in the NFL. And with Tom Brady at quarterback at 500 odds, I'll, I'll take that, especially uh, over Dallas, just because I can't trust this Cowboy defense or head coach. Brager? You know, I, I see the Cowboy thing, and I understand it, but I, I'm sorry. I don't trust Dak to stay healthy. The shoulder thing bothers me. He's coming off of that bad, bad injury. Their defense didn't get better. They've got good weapons at running back and wide receiver, obviously, but the offensive line has kind of been a, it, it's been slightly overhyped for a couple years now. So I get that there's maybe some value, but I don't think they're winning their division, and I don't think if you're winning that division, you're even making the playoffs. I think it's Washington's division – and Dallas is just a long shot. Tampa Bay is obviously a good value bet. Five to one, you got to like that. As Zach mentioned, you're returning everybody back, including the coaching staff, by the way. So if Brady doesn't completely fall apart as an old man, they're probably going to find themselves right back in the thick of it and defending that NFC crown. Brady's clearly a vampire and will not be falling apart anytime <laughs> soon. He's a thousand years old and he still looks great and he's playing great. Now, uh, Sprager, I guess, already gave us his answer for this one because I was going to ask, to win the division, the Cowboys' odds plus 110, uh, the Bucks minus 300. 
Sprague, I'll start with you. It's sounding like you don't believe in the Cowboys at all, not even to win the NFC least, which is a, believe you me, I cover the football team. It's a putrid division. They went 1-11-1 in the preseason as a division. And everyone says, oh, it's just a preseason. Yeah, but it's 1-11-1. I mean, my God, you can't tell me that's not something. That's awful. It was a bad division last season in the regular season, and now it looks putrid in the preseason. Am I supposed to believe that we're going to look up and this is one of the best divisions in football? Hail to the null. Cowboys at plus 110 to win the division or Bucks minus 300, Sprague. Which one do you like? Well, I, I'm not a big fan of minus 300 anything, but I'd much rather bet on minus 300 with the Bucks. Look, the Panthers have Sam Darnold. I think they're going to be better or at least match what they were last year. I'm not trusting New Orleans. You know that. I think New Orleans takes a big step back this year with Jameis Winston as their quarterback. And Atlanta, I, I mean, what do we say about Atlanta? They're an unknown with Arthur Smith, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. When I look at the divisions, I just I think Washington is the heaviest favorite for me. Philly, the Giants, not buying it. And Dallas with McCarthy, I don't buy it. So I would just eliminate and take out the NFC lease, like you said, and I would go towards the division I feel more confident in. And despite it being minus 300, I'd rather take Tampa Bay with those odds. Zach, what about you? Are you going with me on the plus money, or, or are you with him and uh, not making any money laying minus 300? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Cowboys, I do think that they are a team that can win the, the division, and their fans and their expectations should be uh, to win that division. But at the same time, I'm going to agree with Sprague. Like, it's just hard for me to trust the foundation of this team from the offensive line to their quarterback to their head coach to their defense. And obviously, minus 300 to win a division isn't always the best bet to make. Like, obviously, those are huge odds. Um, but at the same time, Tampa Bay, I do think, is far and away much better than everyone in the NFC South. So uh, I think I would go with the Bucks. All right, fair enough. Now, listen, win totals. I'm going to guess, uh, Brandon, you're going under. Cowboys are listed at nine and a half. Bucks are at 11 and a half. Which way are you going on these, Brandon? Under for Cowboys, over for Bucks, or what? Yeah, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over the Bucks and under okay. with the Cowboys. Okay. I think the Cowboys are about a seven, maybe eight win team if they're lucky. I think Tampa Bay with that division, they could really run away with it, and I think they get to 12 wins. Okay. Uh, now I'll roll with you uh, for both of these, even though I said I like the Cowboys to win the division. I believe the division is so bad that nine and eight may be able to get it done. Uh, and that's where I feel like the division winner will be. I don't really care. You know, take your pick Giants, Washington, or Dallas. I do not believe the Eagles will be anywhere near that zip code or that stratosphere. But, uh, you know, so I'm taking the under of the nine and a half. If that was eight and eight and a half, I might be interested. Nine and a half is just too damn high for me. What about you, Zach? Which one of those? Which way are you going on Cowboys nine and a half? You going over or under and then Bucks eleven and a half? Yeah, um, I'll agree with you guys on the Cowboys. I think they are a team that is a pretty good bet to go either eight and nine or nine and eight with a 17 uh, game schedule. Uh, that is a new quirk that we're going to have to get used to. But I just look at the Cowboys and I think even when they're good, they always find a way to mess up. And when you look at their defense and their offensive line, like 
it's not the best units in the world. So, like, there are plenty of holes on this team. I agree. I'll have them under uh, nine and a half. And then for Tampa Bay, I think I'm going to have them over uh, that uh, 11 and a half total. I think I'll have them around 13. I just think the division isn't great. I think they're so used to playing with each other. And um, they'll at least take the regular season really seriously after not winning the division uh, last year. I'll have Tampa Bay over and Dallas under. All right, my bros, before we go, last week, Mac Jones was named the Patriots starting quarterback. Cam Newton was let go. Does this move direct you towards any Patriots futures or does it make you run away? Let me read you a couple numbers and you give me your play. New England to win the Super Bowl at plus 3,000, to win the AFC at plus 1,600, or to win the AFC East at plus 350. Zach, we'll start with you on this one. Which one of these do you love or do you hate all of them? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of any of them. I think, obviously, when you look at the Patriots, they should have some pretty high expectations. But I don't think that they should be so high where they should expect to win the Super Bowl, come out of the AFC, or even uh, the AFC East. What I will say, though, is I do think starting Mac Jones opposed to Cam Newton does make them better. I do like them more with Mac Jones under center than Cam Newton. It was clear to me uh, towards the back end of last season that Cam Newton, as painful as it is for me to say, like, he didn't look like an NFL quarterback to me, and the Patriots were so desperate last year. It was clear that Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer wasn't the answer, so they were going to give Cam the job really no matter what. Mac Jones has take, taken this job from Cam and run with it, and I know a lot of people like to say, like, Mac Jones, he played with Jerry Judy and uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and uh, all those guys at Alabama, great weapons, but he literally had one of the best seasons ever by a college football quarterback last year. In order for you to do that, you have to be really good. And when you combine that with Bill Belichick, I do like the Patriots more of a team with Mac than uh, with Ken. What about you, Sprague? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to like New England more with Mac Jones versus Cam Newton. Mac Jones can throw a 15-yard pass without looking like his arm's going to fall off. <laughs> so it was, a no, it was a no-brainer to me to go to Mac Jones, but I'm not buying any of the odds you shared. Not the conference title odds, not the Super Bowl odds, not the, even the divisional odds. I, I think what we're doing right now is I think you can appreciate a rookie and say, okay, he clearly should play. See Justin Fields here. Sure. But we're running away and acting like because Mac Jones is going to play – that this makes New England some Super Bowl contender, I don't buy it. And I don't buy rookie quarterback performances 100% in preseason. I think there's some things you can pick and choose with. But overall, you can't read me all the stats and say, well, he's going to go win 10 games. That's a lot asking from a rookie quarterback. And despite having Bill Belichick as his head coach, he's a rookie. I imagine he's going to make some key mistakes. Their schedule actually lines up really well for them. They play a lot of young quarterbacks, which benefits Bill Belichick. But he's got himself a rookie quarterback, which makes it hard for me to fully trust him to a championship, conference championship, or even divisional level. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't like any of these bets. I do think they're going to be pushing for a wild card, though. All right, one word answers real quick. Who wins more games this season, Mac Jones or Tua? Mac Jones or Tua, which one? Uh, Zach, go ahead. I'm going to go with uh, Tua on the Dolphins. Oh, listen to young Zach. Brandon, where are you going? I think you have to go two in the Dolphins. I thought he looked good in some spots. I think everybody's doubting him, and we're falling two in love with Mac Jones. Man, I, I wanted to say Tua, but I'm not going to agree with you two. So give me Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Who? Uh, give me Mac Jones. Belichick, a good defense, a good offensive line. I believe they'll get it done. All right, listen. Next week, we're pulling up the DeLorean again. 
from Back to the Futures by Beck QL. For Travis Thomas, producer extraordinaire Zach Kroll, and my man Brandon Sprague, who's back. Woo! Back to the Futures by Beck QL. We'll see you next week bigger and better than ever. <laughs>